When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. It's pie chart time. It's kind of a sad day here. It's the last pie chart of the 2023 Viking season. But it's not your... We're not going to waste people's right. time and do a pie chart of blame off of the actual game. Just... The game didn't really matter outside of draft positioning. Judd has a pie chart here for the season, a seven and 10 season, no playoffs. In fact, it's been 15 years, I believe, since the Vikings last made the playoffs in back to back seasons. Oh, eight, oh, nine, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. And before that, is it 99, 2000? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So Correct. they've only made Denny. the playoffs back-to-back years yeah. once well, so, in like a quarter of a century? Yeah, well, and just start with when the Wilfs bought the team in 2005 then. So they've done it once with the Wilfs. And that's the funny thing. Quick, A quick aside before we get into this this bonus episode here, Judd's uh, pie chart. I was, I know this will shock you guys, I was uh, debating with Spirit on Twitter last night with some some people about the direction of the franchise and I think I mentioned this on Ventline too. People act like, oh my God, if you, if they decide to move on from, if they decide to draft someone, move on from Kirk Cousins, be careful what you wish for. Someone, someone hit me up in like all caps. It was like, this is how you ruin franchises by saying goodbye to a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. You could ruin the franchise for the next 10 years. It's like, okay. When the Patriots decided to move on from Tom Brady, that was a huge decision because for 20 years, they had the greatest quarterback of all time. They had six Super Bowl titles, 10 or 11 appearances in Super Bowls, right? That is a big boy organizational decision. Oh, my God. If we move on from Tom Brady, we're literally moving off of a dynasty. When the Warriors move on from Steph Curry at some point, it's like, boy, like, that's a, that's a dynasty. Michael Jordan, Bulls. We're moving on from What? One playoff win in six years. It's not like it's not like there's a huge mountain to preserve like some of these other decisions. So yeah. I just find it well, I find it funny how people frame it up. And at some point too, it's just time. Like you can't play forever. And and the Patriots might have moved on early a year from TB12, but the reality was they had to do it at some point in time. Now, now the fact that they didn't, they haven't gotten it right in replacing him is a discussion. Like Kirk Cousins is going to be 36 in August. He tore his Achilles. He had never really been hurt before. 
you don't know how he's going to respond. So like beyond this whole thing of, well, we love Kirk and Kirk's great and Kirk's popular here, blah, blah, blah. It just gets to be time. Yeah. Everyone has to go at some point. And, and like, I don't mean die. I just mean retire. And last thing on it too from my end is for a, for a franchise that hasn't been to the Super Bowl since the 70s and hasn't won a Super Bowl ever, what, what are you truly, really afraid of? And yes, like what, that's what, what I was just going to say. What, like, what, ground do you, <laughs> what ground do you have to stand on to say, oh, I don't know if we can. Well, it's been 60 years. People are in their 60s. We're, we have a model of before I die. I'm now 30. I'm knocking on the door of getting married. I've never even seen this team in a Super Bowl. Like, what is, what is the actual fear of what you're going into the unknown that you haven't experienced already? Clutching our pearls. Oh, man, you got to. Boy, well, I don't know. We're going to give up. We're going to give up this. This what this twenty five year stretch where they've made the playoffs back to back seasons once since two thousand. There's a lot, oh, and man. I do think that there's a large group of fans who who are prepared for the next chapter too. Like I, the next you know, chapter is going to be fun. Like that's Twitter, the other thing; it's going to be a blast. But I mean, way. the cousin stands and the Twitter and the Twitter rotsy of cousins. You know, one they'll either disassociate because Kirk will go play for the Falcons and they'll become uh, Falcons fans, which is fine. But two, yeah, the next chapter is extremely important. And the next chapter is ultimately what's going to define O'Connell. Like it's not going to be this chapter. It's going to be the next one. And, and if he's successful, guess what? He's going to be a hero here. And if he's not, he's going to get fired. Yeah. So, all right. Chef Judd has a pie chart here. All right. Of a pie chart of blame. Yeah. All right. I have, um, I'm going to have to pull this out (laughs) of the oven. Of the oven, okay? Because, I mean, this is the last pie chart, so I've been cooking for a while. How lot. old is that oven mitt? How old is that oven mitt? I don't know. It's still in our kitchen. It's great. Very nice. You moved into that house in, like, 2000, like 2000-ish, right? about pie. 2000. So it's, so 2000. it's, it's probably it's a 23-year-old oven mitt? 24-year-old Wait, oven mitt? So it that oven be, mitt has stood the know. test of this era we're talking about. The, the Vikings have made yeah. back-to-back playoff appearances <laughs> once. That yeah. oven mitt aligns with that era. Of it Vikings cried football. in 2009. It cried in 17. It was very sad. Oh, it was so sad. It celebrated when Kirk came here, and then it cried when Kirk was not a success. Uh, but anyway, so I'm going to pull my chart out. There we go. Get it out of the oven. All right. There we go. Let's oh, see. wow. He like has he a, had an a, a baking sheet, too. Yep. I got a baking sheet, and I'm going to I'm going to put this down because it's very hot. I'm going to get my phone out of the oven. Chef Judd. The Rock knows Chef how Judd. you feel about pie. Don't burn your other hand. Oh, okay. The phone is the pie. I see. The phone's a pie, and away we go. Hold on. I'm going to put this away. And away we go. Stella, Let's come go. get the pie. Away we go. <laughs> the oven sheet. Okay. So here we are. Take this off now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Nice and crisp. Yeah. Okay. So we have one, two, three, four. We have five slices. So it's not too big. Somewhat controversial. But I also didn't want to just, like, do an ordinary end of season. Injuries are 50% of the problem because they're, you know, big. Um, Starting at the bottom, I'm only going to give 10% to injuries because I feel it's necessary to include them. But I also also don't want to give it too much. But, you know, Cousins, Jefferson for an extended time. Cam Akers going down actually probably did hurt more than we've talked about. That was a sneaky one. He was kind he was of starting the starting well. running back there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was starting to play well, and O'Connell trusted him clearly more than Ty Chandler. TJ Hawkinson, Wanham, um, 
this was probably a little bit self-inflicted because he didn't come back, but there was a hope and we saw very brief flashes that Marcus Davenport was going to contribute. Um, And then he just didn't. So 10% go to the fact that each team has them. I get that. But the Vikings did seem to go from being extremely healthy, if memory serves, a year ago to having a lot of key players out. So 10%. The only interesting thing on Jefferson is the team's entire win streak of five games was established without him. So Do you you think they – I'm going to warn people. A lot of the things you're going to hear on this show, we explore all angles between January and draft. All angles. It doesn't mean we're flip-flopping on things. It means we're going to pose questions, and then we'll poke at those questions, and then we'll we'll have adult discussions about the Vikings, right? Yeah. Do you think the Vikings look and say, "Okay, well, Justin Jefferson's going to hold. He's going to hold hold us over a you know a river for like, the bag is going to be the biggest bag in non-quarterback history. Over thirty million dollars a year is what he's going to yep. want. We just rattled off five straight wins without him, and even with backup quarterbacks in a couple games. It's a small sample size, but do they take that into consideration when negotiating? And maybe there's trade offers out there that would make sense. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. Yeah, I'm just. I would say that's worth an entire show, but I will say this: I don't think you can completely dismiss it. It is worth an entire show. Let's like, put why a, didn't let's put a pin in that and circle back? Why didn't a deal get done a year ago? And if it didn't get done a year ago, is it going to get done for? Sure? I, I think it will, but. Anyway, lots to talk about there. All right, so 10% injuries. Now we get into individuals. 15% general manager Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Wow. Um, first of all, Jefferson did not get signed a year ago, and to what Phil was just talking about, the price is not going down. So if you're not going to explore trading him, you are going to have to pay him, and it's going to be a ton. And I don't know that there was a compelling case not to get this done a year ago, but bigger than that, and it's been talked about a lot, but it's a huge thing. Bigger than that is the fact that the um, complete boondoggle that the 2022 draft became bit you in the ass. Mm -hmm. Like it bit you in the ass. Andrew Booth, almost unplayable. Are you kidding me? What, second-round pick? He played – like 150 snaps all year. Brian Asamoah played, I think, less, I think fewer than 100 defensive snaps this year. Exactly. Right? And you did warn us. You did say when we all assumed, including me for sure, hey, Asamoah's going to step in. Now, Ivan Pace Jr. turned out to be a really good UDFA signing, but nonetheless, that doesn't absolve you of completely whiffing on draft picks. And then, you know, the elephant in the room is Brian Flores probably came to this show and said, do any of you three guys play safety? Because I'm always looking for extra safeties. I always want an extra safety. Let's do the safety dance. And Lewisine couldn't get on the field. Yeah. Like, it's remarkable. It's not like this was a – it's not like you were fighting for, oh, man, there's two safeties to play and Sini can't get on the field. Yeah. And for all of you who say that that the broken leg, yeah, that that, he told – he said in the springtime, I can play. I'm fine to play. And he would have played some. Like, think about it. Metellus played a ton. Okay, so that was specialized. Harrison Smith played a ton. Okay, Cam Bynum. But he was playing guys like Theo Jackson. Yeah, so and also, literally... like, if, if you look, too, mm. like, they had they had four picks in the top 66 in the 2022 yep. draft because of the trade they made. So, yep. 
if you say, hey, we're going to give you four bites at the apple in the first two rounds, it's going to be great. Or the first 66 picks, because technically Asimov was an early third round pick. Mm-hmm. And between Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth Jr., Ed Ingram, and Brian Asimov, Ed Ingram is the standout among those four. And he is nowhere near like the top half of guards in the NFL after two years. So, dude, Ty, Ty Chandler might be the best player from that draft for the Vikings. Is yeah. it even close? A Caleb Evans has been a starter for you, but he's been very questionable. Ty Chandler might be the guy in that draft. I always write down, you know, hot takes throughout the course of the game. And at one point this season, I had one written down of like the Vikings should be thankful for the 2022 draft class. And I really wanted to unload on like unleash that after a game. But every time like I was close to unleashing it, someone either went out, someone either didn't live up to expectations. And I just had to throw that take back in the trash can. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Well... And if you were if you if you were bound and determined to take a safety in the first round, which by the way is debatable by itself, Kyle Hamilton has turned. Can you imagine him now being here with this safety class, and then a year from now, you know, probably stepping in for Smith and taking that lead role, right? Yeah. And again, it's debatable. You can say, you know what? You should never take a safety in the first round, and you might be right. But if that was going to be your pick, and and then, Phil, to your point, so you say, okay, but we moved back and got more picks. Then I say, what'd you do with those picks? Yeah, I understand the process. I defended the process on draft night to some extent. I get it that you're actually, and, and there's studies that will show too, that in general, you're better off moving back and accumulate, especially if you can accumulate more first, second, third round picks, like day one, day two picks, yep. that the more bites at that apple that you get, the better your your roster is going to be. Uh, so I, I understand the logic, but obviously the practice as it played out right. was was not good. So Yeah, you can't okay. whiff then. That's the thing. Is that we got a ton of draft picks. Most of them aren't good. Okay, yep. so 10% injuries, 15% GM Quasi Adolfo Mansa, 15% goes to head coach Kevin O'Connell. Um. I think it's fair to say that as far as the game day coach, he took a step back. So I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I don't know yet. I don't think it's fair to say, well, yeah, he should be fired because they didn't have a good season. There were a lot of circumstances, okay? And by the way, it takes a while for things to like, like 2022, the Vikings had luck. Um, They didn't have tons of guys hurt. And so, O'Connell looked pretty damn good because things broke his way. 2023 was the polar opposite of that. But just a few things. One is I felt the play calling was not as good. I think for sure the in-game strategy, you know, timeout usage, things like that, not as good. And I know that abandoning the run is not a strategy. It's a bad idea. So 15% goes to a guy who I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to. I think he's still growing as a coach. I don't think he's a finished product. 
I think he has a very crystal clear idea of what he wants, but I am more than willing to give him to give him more time. But that being said, he definitely I, I think he and Quasi very fairly share each 15 percent of the pie chart of blame for 2023. And I obviously I've been despite the fact that I told you guys I would hire uh, Jim Harbaugh, I would I would turn on my guy KOC to hire Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah, OK, guys, who's got it better than us? <sighs> What's going on? Um, I also do stand for KOC. And my my defense of him would be really just I mean the the running game and I'm, I'm I don't want to spoil anything but the running game was a train wreck. That's my biggest criticism of KOC is he has yet to find in two years any way to unlock this running game. They made some steps and and some efforts in the off season and it got worse from year to year. Yep. And I could and I'll, I'll I'll come back to my my defense of KOC in a second. Ty Chandler, first guess. You know, we're just idiots with microphones who watch football on TV and in press boxes and stuff. Like, we don't work in the game. We're not scouts. And like watching training camp, there was a very obvious difference between Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison. Their burst, their explosiveness. Yep. Okay, Ty Chandler's not really ready to pick up all the blitzes and play on third down. Okay, whatever. Like, there's got to be some role for him, right? And there wasn't really a role for him until the second half of the season. And when they finally put him in these games. Ty Chandler winds up with four and a half yards of carry on the season, which was better than Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall. He winds up with five yards per touch, which is almost a full yard more per touch than Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. So just like not playing Ty Chandler, you know, a chance to boost your run game didn't make any sense to me. But in my defensive Kevin O'Connell, this dude lost one of the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the world in October. And the Vikings offense still wound up Ninth in yards per play. They wound up fifth in overall passing yards in terms of just like a pass game coordinator, which is kind of what he is, right? And they wound up seventh in yards per attempt through the air with Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, and Jaron Hall as the quarterbacks for like two-thirds of the season. So a huge credit. And and you could say, well, wait a second, though. What about garbage time? Well, they played in 14 one-score games, so it wasn't like there was a ton of garbage time. It wasn't like they're down by 30 points in every game, and now here comes the passing game. So um, I, I, I think there's some good signs here that he can clearly take non-starting caliber quarterbacks and still have a top five to top eight passing game in the NFL. What happens if you get him a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels? We know what he looks like with Kirk Cousins. They can move the ball. So I, I say credit to Kevin O'Connell for still winning seven games and ranking top 10 in yards per play, despite having your top wide receiver out for half the season. And despite having your, your franchise quarterback out for two thirds of the season. Yeah. He just needs to, um, I think he needs to sit down and talk to folks about the run game and what the run game can bring him. And look, you know, I'm sorry, but what I guess would bug me was how many times did you need to see Nick, Mullins play in practice before you're like, you know what, dude, lots of air yards, but I got to rein this thing in. I also would like to see them find a way, no matter who the quarterback is next season to incorporate Jefferson more into the short passing game as well. Yeah. These are love to get the ball in his hands and allow his athletic ability. Um, It felt like it felt like part of the thing with Justin was there, there was a lot of all or nothing type plays and look, I mean, the guy makes some unbelievable grabs. He was, again, yesterday, fantastic. But I think that there's more creativity here. 
And I don't know if it's a quarterback thing or what, but I think if you can get, you know, the 10-yard pass, the 8-yard pass in his hands and a screen game, I think you've got a really good chance to create things. Hey, before we continue with Chef Judd's pie chart, the blame here, let's talk about how to eat pie responsibly and in moderation as you look to lose weight here heading into 2024. Healthy living is what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, that's Judd from a couple years ago, down 40 pounds. Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And you know what? Yes, Phil's exactly right. They can help you uh, develop a program that not only is going to help you drop that, that weight, it's January 1st time, so this is the perfect time to lose weight, but also to keep that weight off. Uh, They're also now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Three months for free. Three months for free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. L-I-V-E-A.COM. Lose the weight, keep it off, and feel great as spring approaches. Yeah, and uh, as you're looking ahead, spring even to summer here, it's sometimes the best way I feel like to navigate. Like, I'm looking out the window now. We got baseball-sized chunks of snow coming down. We shouldn't complain too much because this is like the first major snowfall, I feel like, of the year. But, you know, it helps to look ahead to summer, plan some trips, right? Uh, Ballard's is a fantastic place. Ballard's Resort on the Lake of the Woods. uh, Or I should say Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods. Prime location, Situated on the south shore of Lake of the Woods, uh, right where the Rainy River flows into this massive, gorgeous lake. Ease of travel as well. So within just a day's drive of the Minneapolis metro area, just 300, 330 miles, you can be at the doorstep of this Canadian border water. Top-notch accommodations. We're talking modern cabins, uh, a, a great main lodge as well, fishing, and all sorts of fun things. You could do... a uh, you could do guided fishing, up to six people, captained by a U.S. Coast Guard licensed guide as well. Book your dates before they fill up at BallardsResort.com. That's BallardsResort.com. Okay. The Rock knows how you feel right. about pie. Back to the pie chart. Yes. 10% injuries, 15% Quasi, 15% O'Connell. I got done with this last night and thought, you know what? I got to get more creative here. I had another 5% or something. I got bored by that. And so, you know, 20%, a big helping 20% is going to go to ownership, Ziggy and Mark Wilf. Oh, dude, look, you're on fire right now. Mm-hmm. They're, man- they're, they're seemingly guy. mandate to make the playoffs. Get in the tournament and let's see what we can do. See what happens. Never allows for what I wrote down here as a hard reboot. You know, they never they never turn off the computer and leave it off for a, a while and reboot the sucker. They're always trying to get They're not by. updating their Chrome. They're not, you know. Exactly. Yeah. They don't run the updates. They're just like, hopefully this reboot will, or, or this, this just quick, you know, this quick reboot will help. They need a hard reboot. You need to sometimes accept, and this doesn't mean you have to suck. You know, the people thought the Houston Texans were going to be terrible. Guess what? They're in the playoffs. Um. So this is not like a mandate that I want your team to stink, but it is a mandate that I want your team to be on a trajectory to where you see where it's going, not year to year. The Wolves have this willy-nilly philosophy of like, if we do this and we do that and blah, 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 it's time to give O'Connell and Quazy, it's time to give them enough control where there has to be a vision. And you can't tell me, like, for all of the 
for all crazy talks about his philosophies, right, and the process and this and that, yeah. you can't tell me that if you were to turn O'Connell and crazy loose that they wouldn't have an actual vision. And it wouldn't be this year to year, hey, hopefully next Correct. year. And then, right, like, like the process is all about the process. It's growing something. So 20% to a, a good ownership group. So just to, to be clear, I'm not saying, you know, we've seen train wrecks. These they'll guys spend money. They'll, yes. they, they don't meddle 100%. I'm yep. not trying to suck up, but I am saying you want people like the Wilves to own your team more than you don't. But 20%, because I feel like they hired two people who definitely have probably some long-term plan, and I don't think they're being allowed to install it. And I want to see that. So 20% ownership, because they're on the hook for this too. Yep. Yeah, and I say, I say they don't meddle, but they do obviously have preferences for what they want to happen, which is they, they prioritize at all costs, be competitive and get to the playoffs this year. But what's funny is like, if you were to sort of lift that mandate and say, hey, let's let's think about more of a three to five year arc here where making the playoffs at all costs in year one isn't imperative. It would, it would free the front office up to say, you know what, a guy like Harrison Smith, he eats up like 20, like I think it's like 9% of the overall cap, $20 million going into next year. He's He's even talking about how he's he didn't say he was going to retire, but he's telling, you know, reporters after the game, he's just not quite yeah. sure anymore if he's having fun you'll doing know. this. Yeah. I'm not telling you, but you'll know. <laughs> yeah. But you it would it would free you up to make harder decisions as opposed to, okay, yes. so boy, in order to win nine games this year, we probably need Harrison Smith to do that. So instead of just saying goodbye to the whole twenty million dollar chunk and like getting him off the books for future years. Uh, let's just like negotiate a pay cut with him where we save like $4 million. It's, it's these little decisions that they probably do help you get closer to nine wins in any individual year, but are they helping you over a three to five year window? Be one of the best actual teams in the NFL contending at a high level. No, no. If you move on from Harrison Smith and you, and you decide to sort of take a deep breath and not mandate that we have to win nine games, is it guarantee that you're going to win a Super Bowl in three years? No. And that's the scary part. There are no guarantees. You could take a deep breath, take a step back, do the reboot thing, and be awful for like two or three years. But I tend to trust the the Wilfs have enough of a track record. And the Vikings, even before the Wilfs got here, have enough of a track record where this franchise bounces back from a garbage year. They will figure it out. So, yeah, this sort of like operating in fear of, oh, my God, but what if we... No, the only thing left to accomplish, Wilfs, is winning a Super Bowl. So your yep. decision should be geared toward a three to five year Super Bowl window as opposed to, okay, how can we get Kirk back and then like, okay, you know, get nine wins, ten wins, and see what happens. Right. Well, and, and Justin might not be happy. Okay, we'll deal with that at that time. Yeah. And he will, right. he'll be he'll be fine. He'll be fine. So twenty percent ownership, that leaves a heaping hunk, very hot pipe and slice of pie. Forty percent. Forty percent for a seven and nine season. I'm lumping it all together into one thing. The reason why the Vikings aren't in the playoffs, the reason why the Vikings didn't win 10 games probably, 40% turnovers. Yeah. That, that to me is the story. Like we could talk about injuries. We could talk about Kirk going down. We can talk about um, the run game, which I do think was ignored. But here is the, here is the story of 2023, gentlemen. 
the Vikings had 34 turnovers, which was second most in the league going into last night. And their minus 12 turnover differential was, again, at the bottom among the worst in the entire league. They couldn't hang on to the football for the first portion of the season. They actually cleaned that up. The fumbles got cleaned up. Unfortunately, the interceptions then took over. They had 19 picks thrown. Nick Mullins, two yesterday. Nick Mullins had eight. Josh Dobbs had five. Dude, he had Jared, eight. He barely played. I know. Jared <laughs> I like Hall had games. one. Kirk Cousins had, had five. Here, here to your point, um, Nick Mullins had eight picks thrown in 148 attempts. Cousins had five picks thrown in 311. Dobbs yeah. had five thrown in 151 attempts. Yeah. 34 turnovers. And you want to get rid of Cousins. Is a recipe. It's the recipe Dude. for a pie chart of blame for a 7-9 season. Well, the visual audience is Chef, getting a, a show Chef here. Judd is done cooking. Yes, that is for the audio audience. He's holding uh, a baking sheet with his 25, maybe 30-year-old baking that glove. I love that oven mitt. Um, you've, you even undersold it a little bit because even <laughs> though they are second to the Browns in total turnovers, the mm-hmm. Browns have 37, the Vikings have 34. In terms of percentages of drives that end in a turnover, the Vikings by a landslide. They must have... So I'm guessing, uh, what's the math on that? The uh, The Vikings had fewer drives than the Browns, I guess. The Vikings turned the ball over on 18% of their drives here. The next closest was the Browns at 16%. If you go to the bottom, there's teams like the Texans, for instance, with a rookie quarterback only turn the ball over on 7% of their drives. Steelers were 7.5%, and then you got a bunch of other teams at like 8%. And yesterday was kind of funny because Nick Mullins is out there. You know, He's like learning how to ride a bike. All right, we're going to get back on the bike here, okay? We're going to put our helmet on here, and he's like 350 yards, 360, two touchdowns, no picks. Look, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm riding the bike. Look at me, Mom. Bam, telephone pole. Bam! Semi truck. <laughs> yes. Oh my look, God! Yes. Look, Mom, right no, the bike. Bow. Bang. <laughs> Just instantly, you couldn't oh, even God. finish the sentence. Oh, this the, like the announcers are on the broadcast. Are like, oh, is right. Nick Mullins hasn't thrown an interception all like before they could say all day. Oh, there's a pick. Oh God. He's yeah. taking it back. So you got ten uh, percent injury. 15% to Quasey, 15% to Kevin O'Connell, 20% to ownership, and 40% to turnovers. Yep. Yeah. Seven to nine. I don't, I mean, it's funny because, like, there's all, there's all these things that obviously we can get in the weeds on, you know, you know, Chandler versus Madison or the lack of a running game. And these are huge discussions. Like, the, the running game is a train wreck and it, it doesn't marry well with the passing game. But at the end of the day, if nothing else changes, and if they, instead of turning the ball over 34 times, turn the ball over 14 times, like the right. Texans did, right. just take 20 turnovers off the board, they're probably an 11-win team or more. Well, right? yeah, dur- I, I think I went through it. I think during the 1-4 and four start, if I'm not mistaken, we found, like, games that they win or three for sure. Yeah. Chargers well, game. Eagles game. The Justin Chief, Jefferson turned the, the ball over at the goal yeah. line. Yeah, I think we found like three 
like certain wins if you are just careful with football. Yep. Yep. So there it is. That's Jeff's. Uh, Jeff's. That's Chef Judd's. Jeff. 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 Chef Jeff. 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 Hello, I am Chef Jeff's. <laughs> this is my oven mitt. I did two I, things there. I combined Chef and Judd into yeah, one, and then I also just called you what Randy and Cottage Grove called Jeff. you. Every single oh, week. Jeff. Yes, I am the oven mitt. <laughs> the Rock knows. I'm Jeff too. Right. Um, by the way, I have another mock for you guys. We there was a crazy mock that we did on the live stream episode of Purple Daily today that you should check out. I have one from uh, the New York Post here. I want a mock. <laughs> really? Yeah, the Post, they're in nice. the mocking business, man. Love and it's post. presented by our friends at Nutrisource, the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily and Score North, Maya Mackey. It's a, we're probably, probably an hour away from Maya coming up and saying, hey, hey, fat boy, <laughs> why don't you put a little, put a little lunch in my bowl, guy? She loves her Nutrisource chicken and rice. Well, that that little one was up today at uh, six forty-five, saying, "I want my Nutrisource. I want to go outside, and then I want to treat Stella. She loves her Nutrisource so much. She actually double dips now. She eats her breakfast, goes outside, and comes in for a treat. And of course, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm guessing the Vinster often gets his way around your house, Dad. Yeah, sometimes Vinster will like neglect his food until you put in the extra Nutrisource treat on top of the food." Yeah, uh, he, he, he has also duped mom and dad in that <laughs> retrospect as well. He yep. luckily doesn't call me fat boy, but I do imagine just like a side street. Of just right. what if a dog could talk and just what? Hey, fat boy, get hey, me some boy. dinner. <laughs> like Brian, sure. maybe some blueberry. Yeah, exactly. Like, guy, like yeah. Brian on Family yeah, Guy. Hey, yeah. hey, fat boy, what's up? The do- the talking dog from uh, Road Trip is my is my favorite. Oh, that's where the grandpa gets movie. gets blazed but, and the dog. Hey, I hey, love boy. that movie. That's tell such that, a fun movie. Tell that bee to make me some blueberry pancakes. <laughs> that's, that's right now. The grandpa knocks <laughs> knocks the lamp over with uh, his uh, excited uh, man parts. Uh, yep. Okay. okay, here's the New York Post right, mock draft for everybody. With the number one overall pick, the Chicago Bears select Caleb Williams. Number two, Commanders Drake May. Number three, Patriots Jaden Daniels. This feels like a, a very realistic scenario that could happen where three quarterbacks just come off the board. None of those teams are open for business and you're left sort of dealing with it. Uh, Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Chargers taking the tight end from Georgia, Brock Bowers. Giants taking an offensive tackle Fashanu from Penn State. Titans taking Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame at seven. The first edge rusher off the board to the Falcons at eight. Layatu Latu from UCLA. Mm-hmm. And then the Washington uh, receiver, uh, Odunze, to the Bears at nine. Jets taking the LSU receiver, Malik Neighbors, at 10. And so the Vikings, they could take the fourth quarterback off the board. They could trade down. They could go defense here. And according to the New York Post, the Vikings select edge rusher from Alabama. Dallas Turner. I want a mock. And here's the write-up. Re-sign Kirk Cousins and add a smooth-moving pass rusher who needs to bulk up from 6'4", 252 in the event Daniil Hunter bolts. So let's talk about that for just a moment. So the Vikings re-sign Kirk Cousins, and they draft an edge rusher to replace Daniil Hunter after he bolts. Yep. And then what? Then... Then you're, you're going to be as good as possible and, next and mix season. mix water and win 13 yeah. games. Like, okay. Personally, that doesn't do much for me, but I could totally see it. Unfortunately, 
could totally see it. Now, if it was, okay, the draft plays out this way, top three picks are quarterbacks, you draft one of the stud edge rushers at 11, and then you trade back into the first round and draft, I know this might be cringe for some fans, but like Bo Nix with the 31st overall pick or something, or Michael Penix for injury reasons falls to 23, and you, tra- you trade yeah. out from... J.J. McCarthy. Or J.J., yeah, whoever. Penix goes 13th here to the Raiders, by the oh, way. Oh, I don't like this. Uh, let's see. Who'd they have the Giants? Oh, we already went through that one. Oh, this mock just stops at 18. 18. They, they don't want <laughs> to just, just speculate on the playoff teams yet. What did the po- post run out of ink? The printing press <laughs> They literally, stop? like, just stopped the mock Times are 18 tight. here. So, yeah. It probably post- is all they could fit in the newspaper. So post they- isn't doing so well. We're stopping at 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, there you go. There's your mock for the other uh, day. We're stockpiling mock. all these. <laughs> Chef Judd cooking up a pie chart. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow we're going to put our front office hats on for better or worse and start slicing and dicing the Vikings cap situation and looking ahead that way. So uh, stay with us here on a daily basis throughout the off season. A lot of reckless speculation coming your way on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.